Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are coming in hot Raider Nation on this Memorial Day weekend. We're going to have a nice lengthy weekend around here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We will be off on Monday. Go ahead and put that in your notes. The morning tailgate will be off. JT the Brick will be off. We'll be off here on Unnecessary Roughness. And Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle will all be off. Matter of fact, the whole building will be closed on Monday as everybody reflects and thinks back and, uh, you know, celebrates the, the Memorial Day weekend and, and the holiday on Monday with family and friends. And as I always mention, uh, make sure you always reflect on what the day, what the holiday is about, the Memorial Day, and think about the ones that sacrificed, paid the ultimate sacrifice for knuckleheads like myself and DeMond to be able to come in here and uh, hop behind a mic and talk some sports for a few hours. You know, I mean, that's always one of the things I say all the time whenever I'm on the radio and anytime anyone calls in and says, how you doing? I always say blessed because I'm telling you right now, uh, we could be in a whole lot different situation doing a whole lot different things things and not enjoying ourselves like we do on the daily so being able to do what we do and uh, someone actually decides that they want to give us a paycheck for it man we are truly truly blessed and of course love to come in here and talk uh, some Raiders football talk some sports and just talk some noise every once in a while uh, here for a couple hours with my guy DeMond so uh, welcome to Friday as they say here in Las Vegas I'm starting to learn as I watch the news every Friday it's Friday. <laughs> every I promise you every Friday when I turn on the news about 5:30 a.m. all of a sudden somebody will say it's Friday we made it to Friday so the wife she picked up on it immediately and she said all right husband we got to start saying Friday and I said I don't think I'll ever say that but okay it's one of those things it's funny that you mention it, it for me it's like everybody doesn't say that <laughs> no. is that just the Vegas thing I know I, I don't know I don't know you know it's, it's so funny uh it used to be a time in my life when I would go into the job and it'd be like Monday and say, hey, Q, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. Just trying to get through the week, trying to get through the week. So finally, someone was like, man, why do we always try to get through the week so so quickly? Because before you know it, 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 your time is gone. You know what I mean? Like before you know it, Monday turns into Friday. Then all of a sudden it's back at Monday. And so I stopped kind of looking at it like, hey, I'm just trying to make it to Friday. Or, you know what I mean? It's just like, let me embrace these days instead of just always looking towards Friday. So I, I kind of got away from that. But it's just so funny. It's something that... that I noticed now uh, when when I turn on the news in the morning on a Friday and they say it's Friday and I thought well maybe it's just Vegas because Vegas is a you know that's when people are coming into town it's when things are popping off and so it makes a lot of sense so I'm not really mad but it's, it's kind of funny yeah it's like slang I guess you don't even notice it for me right I'm just like yeah that's that's a thing that's a see thing it on Twitter all the time <laughs> see I don't ever see it on Twitter I don't know what Twitter world you're living in but uh, it's uh, clearly it's not the same one which is okay because the past few days the Twitter world I've lived in you don't want any part of it anyway it hasn't been been too much fun have you been getting slandered on twitter no nah, it's not slander oh, okay. you know how it is it's just there's so much you know you just know how it is man twitter is a funny place and uh i say it all the time that if we weren't so dedicated to what we do and had to be you know the the in the information highway which is what twitter really is and i mean it's just it's the nature of the beast you know you just you got to do it it uh it, it wouldn't be a place it wouldn't be a go-to for me but it is what it is you know i'm not going to complain about it again as i said as i started the show 
we're blessed. We're blessed that we get to live in a Twitter world or we get to live behind a microphone and talk uh, talk some sports and have fun on a Friday. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, have a couple good guests coming up on the show today. Wanted to tell you about coming up at 3 o'clock. We didn't catch up to them on Tuesday. We had an Aviators game. We thought we were going to catch up to them on Wednesday. Couldn't do that either. We got our times mixed up. But John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, uh, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, will join us to talk all things NFL. And that's always a fun conversation. We'll pick his brain. I'll definitely ask him, you know, his thoughts on, on, on Kaepernick coming in and getting a, a workout with the Raiders and leaving without a deal. And it doesn't look like a deal is anywhere near so it's not a conversation, as I've said many times, that I'm going to come in here and have every day and give a cap update. But, I mean, John McClain hasn't been on yet, so we'll we'll definitely ask him about that, talk about Deshaun Watson, and talk about storylines in the NFL as well. Plus, I'll tell you this, uh, this dude, I mean, he's earned every honor that he's received, but uh, he was uh, inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame just the other day, and there's a very small broadcaster's wing. And I remember for a quick second, Damon, for a quick second when I was there in Texas, because the, the Sports Hall of Fame is right around uh, the corner from Baylor. So I used to go there all the time. The wife used to have banquets for her job. I used to go there and do actual broadcasts from it. It's great. I see high school football stars. I mean, you see everyone, you know, I mean, th- think of someone that's a big time star that played sports in the, in the state of Texas. They're there. Nolan Ryan, Ricky Williams, you know, I mean, everyone. And then even starting, like I said, in high school, like my good buddy, Quan Cosby, who went to the uh, UT and then ended up in uh, in the NFL for a little while. He's inducted in there. I mean, just so many people, the broadcasting hall of fame in inside of there is one little small wall. And I think there's one guy there. And that was the original voice of uh, the Final Four, Frank Fallon. He was there. And then uh, I actually know his son, Frank Fallon Jr., a heck of a dude. He's a really good guy. But anyway, long story short, now he's part of the broadcasters or media members part of the Hall of Fame for the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. So he was honored the other day, uh, him and Shereen Williams. And Shereen Williams has been on the show multiple times. So uh, that's his running buddy. So we'll definitely probably start things off talking to John McClain about that honor because, again, just another one that he received. So really cool. We'll do that conversation and have that conversation coming up at 3 o'clock. And then 3.30, in the spirit of it being Friday and having a good time, Donna Oglesby, she's going to join the show. She's been on the show multiple times, former Raiderette. She is now currently a member of the Las Vegas Aces dance team, the High Rollers. And it's so funny, Paloma Villicana, who we have on the show, she did a feature on Fox 5 on the High Rollers. And I didn't realize that Donna was part of that. I had no idea. But apparently they're they're performing at the Aces home games, obviously, a couple times a month. And so, you know, she hit me up and she was like, hey, you and the wife should come on out, you know, tell DeMond, tell whoever you guys come on out and everything. You know, Donna's super cool, cooler than the other side of the pillow. And I was like, you're doing the high rollers? She said, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, hell, you got to let us know about the experience because we never got to that part of the conversation with Paloma. Every single time we've had her on, I kept in my notes, I have written down, ask her about the high rollers because she did a feature on it. And I never get to it because we always go long in some other conversation and go some other direction. So I never get to it. So why don't I ask a high roller herself? who used to be a Raiderette in Donna Oglesby. So uh, that's going to be a fun conversation. It's always great when she joins the show. She'll join the show coming up at 3.30. So we got a lot to get to, a lot of nuggets, got some house cleaning to do as well. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and do this right now. A lot of people think, because yesterday we were at OTAs, it's nothing bad. Uh, (laughs) Damon had this look on his face like, oh, damn, here it goes. He's about to set the world straight. No, 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 no. I just want to go ahead and put it out there because I see there's a lot of there's a lot of um, miscommunication going on. We were at OTAs on Thursday at the Raiders practice facility, and they gave us a roster. They gave us the official roster. Uh, on one side of the paper, it is, uh, it's all the players on the roster and their positions, 
in their position groups. So like the secondary, they'll have the corners and they'll have the safeties all together. Well, on one side of the paper, it has Nate Hobbs, cornerback. On the other side, it's just alphabetical order. It says Nate Hobbs, safety. So as that paper got tweeted out yesterday, and I don't remember, I think Paul Gutierrez might have tweeted it out. That's the corporate right there. (laughs) Shout out to Paul. But people took that and ran with it. And we're like, oh, my God, the Raiders have switched Nate Hobbs to safety. That is not the case. That is not the case. Let me repeat myself. That is not the case. Again, we were standing in the media room when the rosters were handed out to us. And the, the, the guy, and I don't need to put his name out there, that actually printed it out and handed it to us said, hey, by the way, just let you know, there's a typo on the other side of the paper. Nate Hobbs is not a safety. That was my mistake. So I've seen a lot of people, and again, going back to Twitter, a lot of people like, oh, man. They're, they're making all these moves. What are they doing? You know, I've actually seen people do, like, YouTube videos on Nate Hawes moving to safety because their sources have told them that. Their sources are wrong. It was a typo. I tried to correct a couple people on Twitter by saying, hey, man, that was a typo. That was incorrect. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> you know, I actually had someone respond. It was like, hey, my trusted sources say that that wasn't. Well, fine. Fine. Your trusted sources are right. Sure. My sources say, well, that's the best I'm – lie there is right i know your sources say but the guy that did it told me (laughs) and that's why i'm passing it along just so everyone no one gets you know gets in a panic nate hobbs is not moving to safety he has not been playing safety it was a typo on the paper my breakdown of how this is going to improve the raiders defense (laughs) right nate hobbs the safety this was an idea that i had last year no i'm just kidding but uh, you know it's just it's it's funny and again it was a simple typo, and I understand how people are going to run with it. Like, that's that's the thing about it. You know, the NFL and, and, and the Raiders have created such a, a monster that you're hungry for so much news. When something like that, you see something like that, all of a sudden it dra- grabs your attention. You're like, oh, man. Oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? So there's that. But, no, just for anyone who was wondering, Nate Hobbs is not moving to safety. And if at some point he does move to safety, that's because Patrick Graham and them decided to. But that's not happening anytime soon. Usually that happens when a corner starts to get old and they want to transition and let them go ahead and play a a little bit longer, that makes sense. But uh, that is not the case for Nate Hobbs. So I wanted to go ahead and throw that out there and put that in your ear to start off the show. With all that being said, you know John McClain is going to join the show at 3 o'clock. We'll have Donald Oglesby at 3.30. Of course, we're going to hear from you throughout the course of the show on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and also the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Another reason that I say that I'm blessed all the time is because of all the opportunities that I feel like that I have received just by doing this job. And, and I feel like I do this job at a pretty high level. I feel like I, I work pretty hard. And so uh, there's been a lot of great things that have come my way that I've been able to benefit from, including doing a lot of shows on ESPN national. And that's been a new experience for me. I I grew up as a, as a young man, not only a a big fan of the silver and black, but I was a big fan of ESPN. You know, I was that kid that used to fall asleep with sports center playing all the time. And I was that kid that was a a big fan of Stuart Scott, still one of my favorites of all time. Rest in peace. You know, that, that was kind of one of those inspirations. I always kind of wanted to be that guy. Hey man, how can I be Stuart Scott? And when I heard him start, you know, throwing some hip hop slang in there, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I could be that guy wait a minute, he's got the same kind of roots that I got. Okay, we can we can make this happen. So 
Long story short, I've been doing these ESPN national shows, and I was on it last night with Ian Fitzsimmons. I was actually fi- filling in for Freddie Coleman, right? So uh, on ESPN Radio National, which actually you could hear uh, on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas as well. And one of the guests that we had on last night is a really, really good writer. Uh, Bill Barnwell does a fantastic job. He has an article out right now that's called Ranking the Best and Worst NFL Offseasons of 2022, which teams improved and declined, plus what went right, wrong, and what's next? Again, that's from Bill Barnwell. He's ESPN's staff writer, and he was a guest on the show. And so we asked him about – we just kind of went through, you know, the whole the whole article talking about certain teams that he had pointed out. Well, I had to say, hey, Bill, you know, Q Myers, do Raider Nation Radio 920 here in Las Vegas, and you didn't have the Raiders high, ranked very high. You just didn't have them ranked very high. And this is the thing about it. Before we get into it, before I even hear what Bill had to say – just because, in his opinion, he, he doesn't think that the Raiders had the, the greatest offseason like a lot of Raider Nation believes, or even I think. I think the Raiders have had a hell of an offseason. That's okay. You know, it's not, mean, it's not meaning he's a hater. It's just his opinion. And it's just his opinion piece. But I like to hear both sides of the story. I like to hear people that have the positive takes. I also like to hear why someone might not be so high on it because I think it's good to be balanced sometimes. Sometimes we need that. I mean, is, is everything puppy dogs and rainbow and rainbows no life's not puppy dogs and rainbows as we know you know there's there's some things that are good there's some things that are bad so bill was not impressed with what the raiders have done matter of fact the seahawks were ranked 32nd of course this is going from worst to first the falcons were 31st you scroll on down the arizona cardinals were number 30 and remember they picked up a wide receiver during the draft and they were still number 30 you get to the New Orleans Saints at number 29. And then after that, the Las Vegas Raiders at 28. So that's not great. That's not great when you think about what the Raiders have been able to do this offseason, right? Bring in Devontae Adams. Bring in Chandler Jones. You have Josh McDaniels. Have Dave Ziegler. Go through the draft. You know, there's a lot of things that I look at in my mind and say, they did some really good things. I also know they put a lot of money into this season. I also know that the salary cap, you know, they're, they're, they, they pushed a lot of money. So next season, they're going to have a lot of work to do to, to figure out exactly how to not get under the cap because we all know that, that can happen. But what are they going to do? What kind of wiggle room are they going to have? But I did my due diligence because I like to hear people out. I like to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I asked them last night. I said, hey, man, they, the, the, the Raider Nation is, is, isn't thrilled with number 28 overall as far as uh, having the worst type of offseason. You know, a lot of Raider Nation is, is, is concerned because there's so much uh, of the Patriots-type organization with the Raiders right now, so nobody wants to do the Patriots way. And it's funny because the first thing you'll hear him say in just a second, he said, I don't think it's anything like the Patriots, you know? So uh, for any Raider fan that was getting all up in arms thinking, oh, it's going to be the Patriot way, and I know that there's going to be some Patriot tendencies like what we saw at OTAs where we are very far away from practice and, you know, the, the players were very tight-lipped on certain situations. That's fine. That's not a big deal to me, but so many, so many fans are, I don't want to see Patriot West. I don't want this and that. Well, Bill will tell you, and like I said, you'll hear it in a second. He doesn't think it's anything like the Patriots. He doesn't think anything that the Raiders have done this offseason is very Patriot-like, as a matter of fact. So uh, I'll tell you what he said here at the beginning, and then you'll hear from him. He said, what went right? The new regime of Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler certainly came out swinging. They made big splashes on both sides of the football. They stunned the league by sending first and second round picks to the Packers for Devontae Adams, promptly signed a five-year, $140 million extension. And he said 
the deal is realistically a one-year contract for $23.5 million with a two-year $44 million extension, but all sure to, but all sure to follow. But with surplus value included, the Raiders made an enormous commitment to add one of the league's best receivers. So that sounds good. Sounds positive. Vegas followed on the defensive side of the ball, signing former Patriots and Cardinals edge rusher Chandler Jones. Four-time Pro Bowler will make $34.4 million over the next two years, teaming up with emerging star Max Crosby, who signed a four-year $94 million extension in March. The organization also found an interesting solution. I love the words he used, interesting solution. In negotiations with Derek Carr, he was entering the final year of his deal. What was announced as a three-year, $121.5 million extension is really more of a tactic in cost control. The Raiders, the Raiders guaranteed Carr only $24.9 million, which was $5.1 million more than he was originally set to make in 2022, and they also gave him a no-trade clause. In return, they have the right to go year-to-year with the quarterback after 2022. If he's on the roster next February 15th, he'll be guaranteed 32.9 for 2023 and 7.9 or 7.5 of his 2024 salary. So it goes on and on and on. But basically, that was it. And he even points in at the very end. He says, if you're wondering whether Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, both former members of the Patriots organization, might be going after Jimmy G as a free agent next offseason, well, you're not the only one. So he, he leaves that out there. So I'll just throw that out there. But when Bill was on the show last night, ESPN uh, Nationals, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, I was, I was filling in for Freddie Coleman. I asked him and I said, hey, Raider Nation doesn't want the Patriot way. Nobody wants to hear that. And they're not thrilled that you have him at 28. What was what went into that? I, I don't think they're doing things the Patriots way at all. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anything about what they do that makes me think they're doing it the Patriot way. Bill Belichick, when he's traded for guys who were stars in, in their late 20s, early 30s, like a Randy Moss. He made Randy Moss take a pay cut. He gave up a fourth-round pick. There was no risk in that deal. If Randy Moss didn't work out, they were going to be fine. Same thing with Corey Dillon. We got Corey Dillon. He made Corey Dillon take a pay cut, give up a two. And I, that's, both of those trades worked out very well for the Patriots. As a Raiders fan, I have to remind you of that, but it worked out <laughs> fine for the Patriots in the big picture. But, but Devontae Adams, not only are you giving up a one and a two, you're paying him market value. And Devontae Adams is an awesome football player. There's no just acquiring Devontae Adams, but – was that really what this Raiders team needed? I mean, they certainly have two talented receivers, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, both of whom want to get paid more money in the years to come and are going to get extensions or moved on. Um, the offensive line was a concern. The defensive backfield was a concern. Those are the positions Bill Belichick would normally address, and those positions went basically unaddressed this offseason. So to me, I think the issue is not getting Devontae Adams, but it's paying a lot for Devontae Adams at this point in his career and not addressing those two big weaknesses on that roster. That's what concerns me if I was a Raiders fan. So there's Bill Bardwell from ESPN, and that was his honest opinion when I asked him about his, his ranking of the Raiders at 28 as far as franchises that had you know the worst offseasons. So I asked you, Raider Nation, and I, I don't want you to come scorch earth and scream and tell me that Bill Barnwell is a hater. I just wanted you to objectively, if possible, hear him out. You heard what he had to say. And now what are your thoughts? And, of course, I'll always open up the Raider Nation listener line to you. Also, the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r What I do find interesting, as you heard in that piece when he talked about Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller want to both get paid, and they will. They'll both get paid. I want to throw this out there to you. Just today, the Browns and franchise tag David Njoku reached an agreement in principle on a four-year, $56.75 million contract extension. He gets $28 million guaranteed at signing, averages $14.1875 per year. He is now the fifth highest paid tight end. I ask you, Raider Nation, because I remember when the Browns franchised Njoku, I thought it was an in-joke. <laughs> I did. I thought it was a big time joke. He's never done anything that's impressed me. 
I don't know about you, but if you if, if you're playing a game and put the, a, a team together and you get down to the tight ends and you got David and Joku and you got Darren Waller, I'm taking Darren Waller ten out of ten times and not even think it twice. I don't know. What about you? It's time to get Rich Paul on the phone if I'm Darren Waller. <laughs> I mean, that's and, all I got to say. Well, and I'm sure that they're working on that. You know, I'm not trying to start no stuff. I'm just letting it be known. That's the kind of money that top tight ends are looking at. That's that's top five money right there for a tight end who I don't even believe is top five. I don't even believe it's top five. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like you said, not trying to start no stuff. And don't you want to be watching somebody else's pockets? Right. Not at all. But that's the point where it's just like, if he getting that much, right. imagine how much I'm well, worth. Well, and that's what happened in the wide receiver market. Right? That's what happened in the wide receiver market. And, and it really, I, I kept crediting the Raiders and Devontae Adams for setting the market. But real, Christian Kirk in, in Arizona with the Cardinals when Jacksonville gave him that boatload of money for nothing, he had never even had a thousand yard receiving season. They, they, they reset the wide receiver market. So this is just what the tight end market is. So you realize at some point, and I know that the Raiders have some money coming up next week, June 1st, you know, post June 1st. Little Q's birthday is actually June 1st. So I sure can't forget that day. But uh, yeah, they're gonna get some nice little chunk of change in their pocket. But I mean, if you're if you're David, Darren Waller and you're looking at Njoku's contract, you're not mad at him. <laughs> you're like cool. And even earlier this week, George Kittle said that he thought Travis Kelsey was underpaid. So you know the tight end market. They I think that the other tight ends around the league they're seeing what the receivers are getting for sure. And it's like, hey man, right. We deserve a little bit more of that too. Well, because they're not your typical tight ends either. They're not the old school. You know, even. Even in his greatness, Tony Gonzalez was more of a more traditional tight end than than these guys. I mean, Darren Waller, we all know, is literally a wide receiver in a tight end's body. You know, Travis Kelsey's been doing the same thing. George Kittle's been fantastic. I mean, there's there's guys. And look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to slight Njoku. He just doesn't for me, he hasn't been as dominant as the guys that we just talked about. And now he's in that dominant guys we talked about conversation as far as his paycheck goes. So that's just more money that the Raiders have to look at when they think about Darren Waller and what they're going to do and how, how they're going to keep him happy and, and, you know, concern themselves, obviously, with getting into the season and trying to have a dominant season. So uh, just a couple of little things to have and put in the back of your pocket. And, and, and I, I dropped that on you as we heard what Bill Barnwell had to say about the Raiders not having a great offseason and the reasons why. It's not like he just said, oh, the Raiders had a terrible offseason and, and left it at, at that. He actually broke down the reasons why he felt that way. And again, he could be wrong. But then again, I could be wrong saying that they're having they had a hell of an offseason. I think that they're going to win 11 games, but if they don't, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, what I mean that's that's what the that's what it is. That's what the nature of the beast is. I think that this team is really well put together. I do share the same concerns with Barnwell. I think the offensive line, I think anyone that's honest with themselves can admit that there's still concern there. We were out there yesterday. Saw Alex Leatherwood at right tackle. Maybe he's going to be that guy. He could be. Maybe he's not. I don't know. That's obviously what they're working on in May, which is great. But I think that there's a you know concern there. I've been talking about uh, a veteran corner for a long time. I've been talking about that before the draft. I thought that they needed to go and get at least one more corner, especially when you look at the nature of the beast of what they're dealing with in this division. You got guys that can sling it. Herbert can sling it. Mahomes can sling it. Wilson, yeah, he can sling it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he ain't Drew Luck. He's, he's Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Like, he can get it done. He has flaws, but he's a damn good quarterback. Every quarterback in this division can sling it, just like Derek Carr. That's why Kansas City went out and had a very defensive-heavy draft. You see San, Di- San Diego. Wow, it's the first time I called them San Diego in a long time. The Chargers, they went and what? Stacked up on defense because they know. They know that they're going to have to. Denver, 
They're supposed to have a good defense. I think they're going to take a step back. They don't have Vic Fangio. I think they're going to take a step back in their defense. But we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. But you've got to have – got to man, you got to be able to protect the quarterback and you got to be able to slow down the quarterback in this division. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Protecting your quarterback and slowing down the other cat. Simple as that. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and get our first thoughts of the day. What, uh, who we got up? Raider Aaron. Raider Aaron, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Um, big fans. Um, I, honestly, honestly, I think we could go 8-0, 9-0, and people would still put us at the bottom of the league, to be 100% honest. Okay. Um, I just think that we just don't get the respect that we normally get. And I feel like we get that this regime that we have is a lot better than like past regimes, but people on the outside, I don't think really see that. Okay. Uh, also just to kind of, uh, put a bow on the whole Kaepernick thing. Cause I know everybody's kind of probably tired about talking about it. I really think that the Raiders did this the right way. I think they didn't pander. They didn't bring him in as like a stunt. I think they legitly are trying to make the team better. And if Kaepernick really wants to play, I think he deserves a second chance because everybody wants a second shot to uh, do something they love. If he really loves football and he really wants to play again, I think that'd be really cool to give him a second chance. But so I have to say, big fan of you guys. Love what you do. Uh, go Raiders. All right, there it goes. Hey, thank you for the call, Raider Aaron. Appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, the whole respect thing, um, I don't think – and we're just talking about what Bill Barnwell had to say, and I can go through – we got plenty of time. I can go through the rest of the, the, the teams that he has ranked and what went wrong and all that other good stuff. And, I mean, he's got the Washington Commanders at number 26. He's got the Texans at 25. Uh, the Cowboys at 24. They always are, you know, in somebody's eyes, always thinking that they're going to be the, the – world beaters of the league and they're not. So uh, I, I don't think it has to do with respect when it comes to Barnwell. I think he just basically rolled out why he didn't think their offseason was as great as others. It's almost like you remember when John McClain, when he put out his his draft review yes. and people were like, how, what do you give him a D, I think? Uh, yes, I believe because so. Because people were so up in arms like, oh, how could he do this? He's not respecting him. Right. But if that analyst is coming from the opinion of, I think that if they would have addressed the right tackle and maybe mm-hmm. get in another corner – those are two glaring weaknesses in Barnwell's eyes. He's not saying that it, Chandler Jones is going to be terrible for the team or Devontae Adams won't put up numbers, but he just thinks that the Raiders should have spent that money in different spots, and that's why he's not ranking them as highly as other teams. And I think we all, I think every one of us to a T said that they needed to address the right tackle position, right? Didn't yep. we? I mean, didn't we all say that, that? I remember going back to when free agency opened, I thought, man, day one, they're going to find them a right tackle. They're going to go out there and get them somebody. They didn't. You know, for one reason or the other, I think they attempted to. I think other guys, other teams, other organizations just spent more money. And they weren't comfortable with that, and that's fine. You know, uh, one thing Barnwell says in this piece, what they could have done differently. I'm not sure the Raiders needed to add a significant wide receiver. Renfro and Waller on the roster already. If McDaniels was really in love with the idea of adding a weapon, he could have packaged the 22 and 53 picks to move up and get one of the top wideouts in this year's draft. I wonder what they might have thought, or I wonder... Whether that might have been enough to get number 11 or 12 and land Chris Olave or Jamison Williams, Adams is likely to be a better player than either wideout over the next few seasons. But as we saw with Julio Jones, there's no guarantee a superstar wideout will age well into his 30s. The cost savings would also have allowed the team to add one or two more impactful players elsewhere on its roster. So that was that was what they could have done differently. 
Next up, he said, what's next? It remains to be seen whether the Raiders will follow up the expensive commitment they made at receiver by signing Renfro to an extension. He had a breakout 2021 season, turned into a go-to option for Carr on third down and inside the red zone. McDaniel says only to look towards his time in New England to see the value of an effective slot receiver. But with Adams on the books and Waller uh, agitating for an extension, can the Raiders justify paying Renfro more than $15 million per season as well? I think that's a legit question. So, uh, again, I don't think it's really about respect. I understand where you're coming from. I don't think it's about respect, though, uh, in this in this article. But I did want to bring it to the table. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. 702-365-9200. Also, Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Start off the show talking about the Raiders offseason. Bill Barnwell from ESPN put out a piece and then joined the radio show that I was on last night to talk about just different teams in the league that he didn't think had very good offseasons. The Raiders, he ranked them at number 28. He did, I believe, uh, what, teams 1 through 16 and then or 32 through 17, and then he'll do 1 through 16 next week uh, and break them on down that way. But uh, he, he liked liked the signing of De- Devontae Adams. The money was was more than he thinks that the Raiders should have gave up. Thinks that Devontae Adams is obviously uh, a, a great talent, great wide receiver, one of the best in the league. So that's not, that's not the question. But his questions still remain with the offensive line and the veteran corner. So 28. And, of course, a lot of folks aren't happy about that. I asked him about it last night. He uh, he ran back his thoughts on it and just said, you know, Bill Belichick, if they were trying to do things the Patriot way here in Vegas, you know, Bill Belichick would have gone out and made sure he addressed the cornerback position. He would have made sure he addressed that right tackle position. So, you know, when anyone says that, hey, they're doing things the Patriot way in Las Vegas, maybe maybe not so much, according to Bill Barnwell. And, again, this is just his opinion. I'm just bringing it to the table for conversation. It's okay to conversate about someone's opinion doesn't have to necessarily be 100% correct. I mean, I'm one that believes that the Raiders had a really good offseason. I do think that they should have addressed that right tackle spot. I am concerned about that. I do think that they should have picked up a veteran corner. But if they didn't, they didn't. And if they have somebody in in, in mind that's going to fill that void and they're going to be able to hold that down, I like Trayvon Mullen a lot. I just also know that he gets injured a lot. And nobody likes to hear it, but your best ability is available. The more we keep talking about this, I'm starting to think maybe there's some there's a he's making a lot of sense here. I mean, if you can trade if right. you can trade that first and second and let's say get Chris Olave, you still got the money, you know, the rookie deal, he's gonna be cheap. And then let's say you can sign Gilmore and whoever a right tackle would have been that would have been available for free agency. Right. I mean, that's one way to look at it. You know, and that's that's one way that some might have said is money better spent. And I'll say this, and I can't remember his last name, and I'm, I'm I apologize for that, but I, I have a guy that follows me on Twitter, big Raider fan named Mike. And He's not a fan. I know for a fact he's not a fan of what's happened this offseason. He tells me all the time. Anytime that I'm talking about the good moves, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good, Q. Sounds good. But I don't like any of it. He's, he's told me that many times on Twitter, and I'm not mad at that. The one thing you'll learn about me is I don't mind you not agreeing with me on anything. <laughs> it's fine. I have no problem hearing you out and, 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 and processing what you have to say. So Mike has always been real cool. He'll tweet at me and say, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this move because of this. And, and, but he'll give his reasons. That's all I ask. If you're going to call and be angry about something or, or disagree about something, that's fine. Just give me your reasons. Just don't tell me, no, he sucks. No, I don't want that. No, that's wrong. I don't have- the big free agents have never worked for us in the past. Right. I mean, give me something. Give me something to work with. 
69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Said Q&D, that sound that you just played, I'm just going to say it. He's completely wrong. I had to take off my red polo shirt today because my truck just took a dump. Sir Whiskey Ray ain't happy. However, on a good note, I'm sticking with my prediction of 12-5 and five and number two overall C in the AFC Conference. Our regime has us going in the right direction. I've got 100% faith in them. Raiders. That's from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray. And then he says, P.S. Damon, when are you and Kayla going out on another date again? Open or move tomorrow, so uh, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Damon and dates, and I don't know who he took with him, he went and saw Top Gun last night. He's going to give us a review of the movie coming up about 3.20-ish. So make sure you stick around for that. I uh, actually had an opportunity to go to Top Gun tonight and uh, because the wife is still a little jet-lagged from – you know, from coming back from Maui and we're a little sleepy, a little tired and kind of get into the weekend and recharge a little bit, recharge our batteries. Uh, so we decided not to go, but we almost went. And, you know, I'm not a movie guy, but we almost went to the movies tonight to check out Top Gun. But coming up about 3.20, DeMond will give us a review of the movie. He went and checked it out. I didn't realize it debuted last night. I had no idea. Oh, it was definitely I didn't know either, but a friend hit me up. I got friends that love movies. and It's like, hey, let's go see the new Top Gun. Sure. You're buying the ticket, too? I'm in. <laughs> My guy, hey, look, if he ain't learned nothing from me, if it ain't free, it ain't me, right? Yeah, it's a like a motto. He's just like, I'll just send you the ticket. Done. Just send it over to the phone. Woo. Done. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Minnesota. Talk to our guy, Anthony. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, just traveling here from Minnesota to Vancouver, Washington, and listening to you guys. Uh, you know, the last, uh, I grew up a Raiders fan from the 70s, as I mentioned before when they're the best team in all professional sports as far as the winning record. And what gets me peeved the most at our fans, and I'm a diehard fan, for the last 20 years, we haven't proven one thing. Not one thing. And every year we get upset when people say we're not that good, and we have not been that good. I think last year was the first year in two decades where I began to feel in the fourth quarter if the game was close and the defense had to make a stop that we had a chance. I felt really good about last year turning the corner with the pickups we had. This last year, I think we did better than the guy I mentioned about being 28th. I like the signings. I think we committed to Carr for the first time in eight years, gave him who we wanted. And every press conference, you have the coach, the GM saying, we're committed to Carr. Yes, they have a way out, but I think it's great. I'm ride or die with our players, Carr and all of them. I like the signings. I like the pickup of Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, the text uh, that we've given to our players who've been there and that are still coming I think is great. I am worried about the O-line, but I do remember last year from those first six games where Andre James was fumbling the ball, the snap was not going very well and all that. But I do recall that that offensive line began to gel pretty well. And maybe they see something. I think we have an opportunity here as the preseason goes or the um, training camp goes along here to pick up a veteran for the line and get a cornerback if Trayvon can't come back. So I feel pretty good about it. We can't get it all solved in one year. I am want to caution one thing. I am super hopeful about making a playoff push as well. But hearing these talks about 12 and 5 and stuff like that worries me. I just I want to see it. Our feet don't lie. The last thing I'll say is that I think you mentioned DeMond. The signings that we picked up over the years, the people that, we, that, that came to our team, they did not care about the Raiders. They were getting paid. But the last couple years, two or three years, he began to make a difference, moving away from A.B. and whatnot. But I feel this regime has come in and made the right signing. So I'm super excited. Love the guys to show. And let's go Raiders. Nice. Hey, I love the call, man. Thank you so much, Anthony in Minnesota right there with the passion behind that call. That was fantastic. And I love the breakdown. I really do. You know, and, and I like what you said about last season. 
And I've said that multiple times on the show. I know the defense wasn't lockdown defense, but I felt the same way. Sit in the press box or watching the game on TV, whatever the case was, in the fourth quarter, if that game was close, I swore to a T the Raiders were going to win that game. Hell, I said that about the playoff game. I, I, I remember standing there at the M Resort right in front of the TV, had a big crowd. I was like, oh, this is game. The Raiders are going to get this. They got an opportunity. They got the ball back. Carr got the ball back. Yeah, it's a wrap. Now, it didn't work out that way, but I felt confident. Where in past, I wouldn't have felt very confident. The one game I didn't feel confident, I'll tell you this, was that Washington game. I was sitting in the press box, and I remember my mom texted me, and she said, are we going to win this one? And I said, I don't think so. Unless the Raiders come up with a big play, a big defensive stop, like a turnover, they're going to lose this game. And then that's when the ball bounced right off of Trayvon Merrick's hands. And I texted her and I said, damn. <laughs> you know, because that's the one I was talking about. That's, that was the one. But I didn't, I, that, the way that they were just driving down the field, I just felt like it's a wrap. It's church. But every other game, I promise you, and of course they didn't win every game, but I felt very confident, just like Anthony did, about their chances. Derek Carr proved if you give him the ball and he's close, he can get it done. That's, you can say whatever you want. You can point out every flaw that Derek Carr has. I think Derek Carr could point out every flaw that he has. But I promise you, if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with me and Damon and anyone else listening, that if he gets the ball late in the game and he's close, there's a good chance he's going to get it done. I would, I, would, I would have no problem arguing with someone if they called me and told me I was wrong because I know I'm not wrong. We've all seen it multiple times. The one game that stands out to me the most because they had, what was it, four or five walk-off wins last season? Mm-hmm. But that Colts game. Yes. For me, that was one because they were down. They did have to come back. He, like, he had to hit Hunter Renfro. Remember that one where it was called back because they got him by the shoelace? Mm-hmm. He had to like go out there and constantly prove it. It wasn't a close game the right. whole game. The Raiders actually had to come back a little bit in that one. So that was one for me and on the road being able to just watch it at home and rewind it and like all that good stuff right. that you can't do in the press box. Right. For me, that was one of those games was like, I do think that this team, if the game's close, this is my proof that they can win any close one that they're in. I promise you it felt that way. I felt very confident telling people that if it was close, they were going to win that game. I felt very confident. And it's been a long time to Anthony's credit. It's been a long time since I've been able to say that. I know that I could say that in 2016, but even then it was different. You know what I mean? This year it was different. Now I'll say this. You don't want to always have to come from behind. <laughs> you don't always want to be in that scenario, right? You want to be able to lead some games. You want your fan base to sit back, have a couple cold ones, and be happy. Talk Let's a little the up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you want to see you want to see Marcus Mariota get a little burn, right? That, that's what you were hoping for, and, and not because you were putting in the Mariota package, but because you know you just want him to go on there and get some burn because they're they're, they're whooping someone. That didn't happen. Now, maybe at some point they'll get around to that. But, uh, yeah, that, that was the case, man. That was the case. I did have a lot of confidence. Uh, check out this text real quick. I like this from Geese Mode, 69187, keyword R&R. Salmon has text line. He said, that guy wasn't wrong, talking about Bill Barnwell. This offseason, we upgraded a lot of positions. But the positions of need that even the fans could see, the lack weren't a, the. Uh, okay, I do like this text. But I think he did this voice text. Okay. Ah, this offseason, we upgraded a lot of positions, but the positions in need that even the fans could see weren't addressed at all. If you watched last season, we saw secondary depth was a problem. O-line play was a huge problem. If the Raiders re-signed all the major season but upgraded the line and brought secondary depth, we could have all said it was an A++ offseason. They didn't do that, and well, I guess that's why we're just fans and their management. I hope we could trust the process and that they just do their job. LFG, which we all know what that means, let's go. 
and then Raiders. So uh, I like that text, though. I do like that text because I do believe that we've all been talking that. I know Vinny's been talking about the offensive line. I know I've been talking about it. I mean, that's it's again, you could have all the weapons you want. But if that if that offensive line breaks down, especially in this division, this upcoming year, man, it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, be successful. But again, it's only May. So they have plenty of time to address it. When we come back, we'll close out our number one. We'll take some more calls. I know ABA Ivan Davis is patiently waiting. We'll get to him. We'll get to some more of your texts and uh, any of your thoughts. Hit us up. Six, nine, one, eight, seven, keyword R&R. And also Radio Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The Judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3 o'clock, John McClain, Houston Chronicle. Join the show, talk all things NFL. We'll talk some Kaepernick, Deshaun Watson, talk some Texas Sports Hall of Fame, NFL storylines. We'll get into all that good stuff with John. He's fantastic. Usually have him in on Tuesdays, but we had an aviator game this past Tuesday, and then we weren't able to catch up with him on Wednesday. So he's doing us a solid jumping on on Friday, and then we're going to double back and jump on again on Tuesday. So that's good. <laughs> I can't go wrong. You know, we have him on on Friday, have a day off on Monday, and got John McClain back on on Tuesday. That's fantastic. I like it. So if it was up to me, I'd have him on every day. Facts. And that's what they do. That's what they do in Houston. And he's, he does some Houston radio and they have him on just about all the time. So it's a it's a lot of good stuff with, with John. He, he's been around the NFL for a very, very long time. We've been talking about this piece that Bill Barnwell put out from ESPN. Uh, just kind of ranking the off seasons for all 32 teams in the league. And he has the Raiders at 28. And I, I, I've said this before, but I, I feel like I have to continue to say it because I know people come in and out of conversation, so they might not hear it the first time. Just because he's not impressed with what the Raiders did this offseason doesn't mean the Raiders didn't have a good offseason. It's just his opinion. I've, I've had some people hit me up and say, yeah, well, Bill was wrong about this or Bill was wrong about that. We're all wrong about stuff. If you refer back to last season, Raider Nation, who told you that the Raiders could not go and win the last four games of the season? There was no chance they were going to win the last four games of the season. And then they did it. This guy right here, me. <laughs> I said it. I said they're not winning four in a row because they haven't done it all year. What makes you think they're going to do it now? I sat at the TI and told you. I mean, I can tell you where I was sitting at when I said it. I was wrong, and I'm okay with that. I promise you one thing. Clay Baker, Hondo Carpenter, Heidi Fang, JT the Brick, myself, Damon, Vinny, anyone else that does this, none of us are batting 1,000. None of us. We're lucky if we're an all-star in baseball and we're about 300. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. We, I give you my honest opinion. I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't look at everything through silver and black glasses. If I think it stinks, I'll say it stinks. If I think it's good, I think it's good. I think the Raiders have had a good offseason. Bill Barnwell didn't. That's fine. We're just hearing both sides of the conversation. That's why conversations are fun. That's why I like to go to the barbershop, because you always hear different opinions. It's It's okay. It's okay because there's just opinions, and we all know what opinions are like. We all have one. No, I've been to your barbershop, though. You know, they got some crazy takes in there. <laughs> they do. Shout out to Will. <laughs> Shout out to Will, man. Shout out to Will. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guys. We're patiently waiting. ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, 
He reminds me of a instructor I had in college where you can write the correct answer for the essay, but you have to write how she wanted to read it in order to get an A. Even though what you are, even though you might put facts down, but if it's not how she understands it, it was a C instead of an A. I had to learn that the hard way. That sounds like my wife. Okay. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what he reminded me of. He wrote what was his opinion. Right. Uh, the, what the Raiders did, the Chiefs are so prolific at scoring. They shred defense. I don't care how good they are. Okay. And so that's what the Raiders, they knew they had to address that. You have to match the Chiefs offensively first. And then we can get to the D. And they address both offense and defense. They got they address getting pressure on the quarterback and, and keeping up with the Chiefs at the same time, which should translate to one or two wins. Mm-hmm. Now, I get what he's saying, and he's correct, but the Raiders have a hybrid at safety that they can turn into a corner. Okay, we, you know, we call them hybrids. Okay, I can't think of his name, but uh, he played well. And he, and he, he could double as a corner in an emergency. And we have the right tackle coming back off injury. And I'm sure the Raiders, I mean, I'm sure they saw that. Plus, they drafted the offensive lineman that could be right tackle. I'm sure they feel like they addressed it. Maybe not like how everybody wanted them to address it, but it's going to get it's going to get addressed. Especially going up against them, uh, that defense that they put out this year, they have no choice but to get that. Okay, and so that's I mean that's my opinion on what I think uh, they did. I got to get in here to go to work now. I'm at, I'm at the A's game. Nice. And so uh, they're looking at me. You know, wonder why I'm talking to the air, but well, I don't care. That's all right. There's only about eight guys at the A's game anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> I'm hey, glad you made the joke because I was thinking about hey, it. Hey, man, look, I'm an A's fan. I can do that. I know reality. But, uh, no, shout out to ABA Ivan Davis, man. Uh, have a safe day and a, a good day at work. And going to the A's game and you're going to work, that's not too bad. I'm not mad at that at all, man. Shout out to my man, uh, ABA Ivan Davis. And, look, I get it. He's, he's also not wrong just because – one guy builds a house one way doesn't mean that the next builder is going to build it that way. You know what I mean? And and that's that's the one thing that I like to hear. And I know Josh McDaniels actually addressed it uh, at the media session uh, at the OTAs yesterday when people were talking about, you know, is this going to be like Patriot West? And he was like, I'm not really trying to do things Patriot way. And that goes to Bill Barnwell's credit. What he said, what he say? It's not very Patriot way like at all. They wouldn't like they wouldn't have did this with Devontae Adams. Right. He mentioned that Randy Randy Moss deal. Right. Had to take a pay cut. Corey Dillon. Had to take a pay cut. Exactly. They're playing. They're paying free agents premium money. Right. So obviously they're trying to establish their own identity. So yeah, they're just. I mean, everyone's doing their their own thing and they're doing it their own way. And the way that these guys, Dave Ziegler and company, are building the house, it might be fantastic. It's just through another guy's eyes, who's who's other, watching other houses being built. He thinks ah, probably could have done it another way and got it done. But doesn't mean that the job's not going to get done correctly at the end of the day because all that really matters is what. Winning. If the Raiders go out there and win 11 games, win 12 games, guess what? Bill Bardwell, his piece doesn't matter. If they go out there and they win six games, then, oh, maybe he was onto something. I mean, that's just how it works. Does it, and who knows about that? You know, one of the pieces that someone sent to me was the playoff predictions for 2021, and he had the Baltimore Ravens in, in the playoffs of 2021. Guess what? I did, too. I thought that they were going to make the playoffs. They only had 1,000 injuries before the season started. You know, it is football. Things happen. Now, he had the Jaguars in there. I, I, I wonder why. I'm not too sure about that. But maybe he was just, I don't know, grasping for straws. I'm not, you know, hey, I'm not inside the guy's head. But that's why we asked him the questions when we talked to him on, uh, on the show last night. So I just, I thought it was interesting stuff. I thought it was uh, an interesting explanation. And I felt like at least he had an explanation. 
One quick text. 831 Raider said the guy is not wrong, but he's also wrong. <laughs> we had problems with those positions, but we still found a way to win. Our main problem was getting close to the red zone and not scoring. McDaniels knows he could change that specifically with Adams. Go Raiders. That's 831 Raider. And yeah, you know what? You fix the you fix the red zone issues. A lot of the other issues you can you can mask. You know what I mean? Like you, we always say you can put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig. Yeah, but if you put lipstick on a pig and, and you're still able to get it done, then so what? You got it done with a pig. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, again, it doesn't always have to be pretty. It just has to get done. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't always have to be pretty, Damon. It just has to get done. When it's not pretty, a lot of times we like to call it in the business a slump buster. But it's still getting done. 256 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain will join the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.